going to do Catholic for Rednecks. And before I get going, I want to talk about my son's book, Stork. Olivia, have you read Stork yet? I haven't. Hey, do you I'm follow- a reader, though, so I, I'm interested. Do you follow my son on Instagram, Catholicism? I do. Brian? Yeah. Yeah. First novel, and it's all. Uh, I forget what year he wrote it. Let me look. He wrote it before COVID. Okay. It, it's copyrights 2020, but he actually wrote it, I think, in 2019. Okay. So, um, I got to read it, you know, as he went. You know, he would email me the chapters, and I would read it. And I tried you to, got to uh, give him critiques as he was writing it? Well... <laughs> I think I'm the last one in the world to critique him. So, I mean, look at this. I've never, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, anyhow, he talked about everything that happened during COVID. Okay. All the political unrest with the election. <laughs> it was all in here before it happened. So it's called Stork by Brian Patrick Edwards. You can Google it. It's on Amazon and all those places where you get books. It was number one for a whole day. Oh, for, that's impressive, though. I, I've never been number one on a book oh, list. Not, so. You're on live from Michigan, right? Yeah. Okay, that's as far as I would dox you. But I told my son today when we're at Mass that, hey, JR, we got a moderator, JR Files, down there. Uh, we go to church together. It's funny because I told some of my friends to um, heckle me on a previous show. <laughs> They went as far as to get new screen names and stuff. They started bombarding the show with anti- <laughs> And JR was deleting them left and right. Hey, Teresa. So, Olivia, if you'll help me catch up with, keep up with some of these comments, because it's kind of hard to read them. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you don't have to read them with me, but every now and then we'll just say, hey. So, I'm glad to finally get you on the show. And I told you, just, I want to hear your story. Um, how you got back in fellowship with the Catholic Church? I talked to so many people. I think you, I think you had left for a while. Is that right? Yeah. So okay. I was a cradle Catholic, and then I don't know. I guess I call myself a prodigal Catholic. A, a revert is the word that I think most people use. But I uh, was born and raised Catholic, and then left for like most of my twenties. At ten, fifteen years, I was gone. So. What'd you leave? Um, you know, I think it's a problem with maybe my generation. I don't know. It was the, I had, my grandparents were strict Catholics. Um, they had five boys and only one of them still practices. My dad still practices. Um, and I don't know if it was just some of the catechesis that was happening around when I was growing up. There wasn't, I feel like for me, it was a lot of, we do this because we do this. It wasn't explain to us why it was so important to be there and why we do the things we do. It's just because we said so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way the world is now, it's like you, the internet came out, TV came out and it was really easy just to get off track. It's like, I grew up, moved out of the house and didn't go back to church again until I hit a rock bottom and there was nowhere else to go. Well, so, you went to place. What, um, about how old were you when you drifted off from the church? Um, I graduated high school when I was 17 and then, and moved out and started going, um, I moved about an hour away from home and stopped going after that, which 
Yeah, I uh, am. It's one of those things I'm grateful now for the hindsight, but like I can see where things went off track. Like I was a, I was a teen mom. My daughter's, I had my daughter when I was 18. Um, and it's like, we've had some kind of up and downs. I, there was a couple times in between leaving and coming back, like salad coming back where I kind of bounced around to some non-denominational Christian churches, but it just never felt like right to me not that they're wrong it just what I was used to it was not the same it just some of the reverence was lacking or um communion to them which is the Eucharist to us just it felt there were things that were always off that never drew me in enough to keep me there um and then a couple years ago it was like things got weird during COVID uh and then in 2022 as I call it, like it was like our rock bottom. Um, I got to the point where it was like the relationships in my life were kind of coming apart. Um, I had a miscarriage. It like, we just, it was like, it got to the point, um, my, my, my grandma, who was the main like Catholic matriarch in the family passed in, I think March of that year. Mm -hmm. And by like August, I was at the point where it was like I Googled the nearest Catholic church to where I lived because I didn't I didn't even know where they were because I had not been in so long. Um, went to the church, <laughs> the doors were all locked, so I was like, they don't even want me here. <laughs> like I was like I just melt. I remember this vivid memory of like melting on the floor outside the church. Like I was sitting on the sidewalk, just like losing my mind. Um, and this sweet woman that works in the parish office came out and was like, are you okay? <laughs> can I help you? I was like, no, you locked me out of the church. I don't think you can help me. Like God doesn't even want me here. Um, and she was like, you know, the, uh, the chapel's open though. Like that door's not locked. <laughs> um, and I've been there since then. It was like, it just immediately, it was like home. It was, it was like, it was where we needed to be. Um, you know, COVID was a, a terrible time for a lot of people, but it was also a time of rebirth for a lot of people. I can't tell you how many people I talked to that were homebound, started a business, started a podcast, started a YouTube channel, uh, started back in church. I mean, it was, it was a godsend. Um, yeah. Read all about it before it happened right here in this book. <laughs> last but, you know, Olivia, one thing, you know, I want to, uh, put forth out there, especially to people that are uh, critical about the Catholic Church. Your story about leaving as you got older and not understanding your faith. Um, I know I don't look 61, <laughs> but for 50 years, I was a Protestant. Okay. And except for when I was a police officer, I went through a stretch of time when I was a cop where I didn't go to church much. Not mm -hmm. because I was a God hater, but because I worked night shift. I had three kids. It's just, I couldn't go. Yeah. Uh, no, I never quit praying, but you know, I always found time to go to the clubs though. Uh, funny right. how it's that thing where, you, you know, it's what you prior It's what we tend to prioritize. And for right. some reason, church ends up at the, the bottom of the list. Right. For most people, these completely normal in all churches for 
people to drift away. It's completely normal. You go to the Methodist church, non-denominational, which you mentioned, Baptist, Assembly mm -hmm. of God. You just go to any church. It's like when high school's over, a lot of them, man, they hit the back door running. Yep. But you know, a lot of them come back when they start getting beat up by life. Yep. They... And that's, it's like that thing where it's like you either, you know, you either get beat up and start getting angry at God or you get beat up and are like, all right, I get it. <laughs> like for me, it was like, I, okay, I get it. Thank you. So. You mentioned going to a non-denominational church and uh, them having communion now. With me, um, since my first, since I started going to mass, I went. I've been to. Um, I went back to my home church, mm -hmm. Presbyterian church, for one Sunday, and I mean it was just, you know, I'd been there for fifty years, and then I went to Catholic mass for like two Sundays in a row, midnight mass, then the next one, both of them were just you know, blowing my mind and you could, I could feel something different there. Yeah. Then I said, well, I'm over that. I'm going back to my Presbyterian church, frozen chosen. So I went in there and God bless them. I, I just, I, I wasn't feeling it. I was yeah. not. And even the things that shouldn't matter that much, like there was nothing on the walls, but paint. Mm -hmm. I found, and that was one of those things that to me, it was like, yeah, I, some people I've heard, it's like, you guys are so over the top and it's, you know, I walk into a Catholic church and it's like, Ugh. but it's like, to me, if you walk in the building and it looks more like a concert venue than a church, there's just something about it where it's just like, where, you know, where it's just missing it. Like, just because of the way I grew up, it was missing something for me or like, uh, like as Eucharist especially, it's like. Uh, we went somewhere, it, which is not even a church that is operating anymore. Mm -hmm. I tried uh, a couple, few Sundays going to this church. And it was like once a month they'd do communion where it was like you could go up together as a family and gather around and like break up pieces of bread or something. And it was like, if that's what it takes for somebody to feel like they're in God's presence, that's great. But for me, it just was like, there's something that was like, Oh, it's just not there. It's just not enough. It wasn't there enough for me. Well, you had um, uh, you so, had been in a church that where there's a great reverence for communion, the Eucharist, and yeah. you still had, you know, part of it in you from growing up. I know yeah. that me going to communion, and I was raised Southern Baptist. They passed out. The reason I liked communion was it meant the preacher would go real short because. In the Baptist church, the highlight of going to church is hearing the preacher preach for mm -hmm. 20 minutes or an hour and a half. However, I mean, how much gas he got in the tank. And when they brought out these, they had these metal trays with little little crackers and little cups of, of <laughs> in them. You know, they had the holes. They look like, hub, I mean, uh, you know, wheels, tire wheels with the lug nut things. Yeah. And, and when I saw <laughs> Set up about once a year. It seemed like I was like, "All right, man, we ain't got here, brother." So and so preach. <laughs> I thought it was like a having a substitute teacher. Yeah, you know? it's a short day today. <laughs> and they would say that. Um, now this is uh, just a symbol, and they keep stressing it's just a symbol. But still, uh, make sure you don't have any unconfessed sins in your heart. You know, before we take, you know, partake of this, we call it the Lord's Supper. 
-hmm. And then later as I grew and, you know, like I said, I may have left church for a while when I was a cop, but I still read the Bible all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just, you know, I'd read that part in John chapter six and I just kind of believed it. And I kind of, I agreed with the Catholics. And then when I finally went to my first communion, I had enough sense not to go up there because I knew I it knew just, I didn't have the right reverence in place. I didn't, I, I don't want to say I didn't have, I didn't pay the price, but I knew I didn't feel like it was right for me to go up there, not being mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. And, and that's when I first went back, I think it was, I knew that, I knew that there was a certain process that I felt like I needed to go through just to be comfortable doing that again. Um, it was like the first time I went to confession was, you know, it was like, all right, Father, I'm just going to be straight. It's been like 13 years. I have probably, you know, hit all 10. <laughs> like, I haven't killed anybody, but like, I, you know, I was like, I don't even know where to start. What do I need to do to be able to be back in the family? You know, and it was like that. I remember that first time coming out of confession and just going, <sighs> it was like weight dropping off. And, you know, since then, it was like my, my dad harassed me for harassed me for years about not having baptized my kids. I've a 13 year old and an eight year old and was like, you got to get them baptized. You got to do this. And I was like, dad, I don't even go to church. Like, I'm not going to go take them. Like, that's just hypocritical of me to go get my kids baptized and then say, well, that's good enough. Um, so it was like that thing, like we went through, we went through some, like, it was like two years of hell. Like it was, I felt like I was like, if this is hell on earth, I'm not, I never want to go to the real one. Um, but we looked back, I can look back at, at it now with a lot of gratitude. Like it was almost like these things that had to happen <laughs> to get me to go to wake up. And now it's like, my kids are baptized. Um, my daughter got her first communion last year when she got baptized and my son's in second grade this year. So we're waiting for May. He's just so excited to be able to go just fully participate. And it's like, that might not have ever happened if we hadn't hit those real, those real rock bottoms that make you kind of wake up and go, what am I doing with my life right now? You know, that's, you know, uh, listen to you talk going, you keep this about the second or third time you mentioned your father. And mm-hmm. I'm a believer that, eventually the children will follow the father mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's the mother if the mother's in church the kids will follow but i've noticed that if the father is in church i've noticed the kids are more likely to follow their dad's faith and yeah. i know daughters they don't care what their husband says or their teacher or the president they're going to ask their daddy's opinion about something yeah. and Doing real estate, selling houses. I can't tell you how many times when I've been showing houses, going to write an offer, a contract on a house, where my client said, Can my daddy come? <laughs> of course, your dad can come. Yeah. And I just commend your dad for making sure, you know, that, you know, won't his grandkids baptize? I know how he feels. Yeah. Yep. And that's, it's something now that's kind of cool that we can share because we can talk about like as I've said so many times I'm like oh I wish I hadn't been a heathen while my grandma was still alive because it would be cool to be able to talk to her about things now um but it's like I have that with my dad now instead which is kind of cool I know there's some I don't remember all the numbers but I saw a statistic that was like 
uh, 70 or 80% of families where the dad is leading the faith, the kids will stay in the faith. And it's such a lower percentage if, if it's only the mother, because I think a lot of boys, the boys that only grow up with their mom going to church end up seeing it as like a feminine thing or a womanly thing to be, you know, to be uh, going to white. church where it's, Olivia, yeah. I'm white. Yeah. My dad when I was little, he was in the military. Uh, he, he built houses. He was a, he man. But he didn't believe, he, he was agnostic. He didn't believe in God and didn't go to church, drank beer. He was tough, tatted up, smoked, all that stuff. And here's mm -hmm. my, my mama going to church every time the doors were open. And that's kind of the way I felt, like it was a sissy thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my dad did turn to God before he died, though. He, he did. And I prayed for him every mass, you know. But, you know, your, your grandmother... You know, when she did pass on, all of a sudden you got somebody up there praying for you Yep. to get back in. And when my wife's grandmother passed, it was exactly when she decided to start going back to oh, mass. Yeah. yeah. You said you missed confession for 13 years. I mean, yeah, it was like, I know I was 17 or 18 when I stopped going to church at all. And then I was 30. 30, 31 when I went back. So it was a while. It was a, it was a, it was a good confession. <laughs> it was a long yeah. one, but it was, I feel bad for the, you know, the little old woman behind me that just probably wanted to get in and out. But what, how long were you in there? You think? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it was it, the priest that I, our priest um, at my, at my local parish is amazing. And he's, is very he was very understanding of like just sitting down and kind of going all right it wasn't like this big scary intimidating thing it was like all right talk to me and i was like all like this we all face to face like this or yeah i always i i prefer to go face to face just because it's like you're gonna hear me you're gonna know who i am anyway <laughs> like it just there's something about it that i have to be face to face so i you know i don't know i i can't even guess how long it took but it was he already had kind of knew, he knew what was going on in, in my life just because I had already discussed like what I needed to do to be, to, to kind of get things back on track. But I, 15 minutes maybe, cause there was a lot of sobbing in between, <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, Hey, Rainy Laney, you know, my first one, um, I think I was, I think I was in there 25 minutes. Okay. Bad thing about that was that, it was rude to me because I was in a line, a confession, which right. meant the people behind me was probably GDMF and me to death. <laughs> They're like, what did this guy do? <laughs> I, pretty bad. I know they was cussing. They had to go to confession when I came out because mm. I'm mad and off. <laughs> you know, I have been in, in confession before where it just stuff come out that I hadn't thought about in years and years. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, and not so much now, but when I the first few times I went back, I know for a while it was like there were things that I feel like I had confessed and needed to confess again, and then I was like confessing that I had to confess again because I was like I was like now I'm holding on to shame and that's a sin too. It was like it took me a long time to get to that point where it's like we're good mostly. You know, I try to go, especially I know it's not easy everywhere, but our diocese is really good about having 
confessions often. Like it's, mm. it's not hard to get in. You don't, it's not like once a week, maybe for an hour, it's pretty easy to either bounce around to the different parishes or have lots of different available times. So it made it nice. Without revealing where you live beyond living in, in Michigan. That's why I told my son I had Kid Rock coming. Kid Rock says for coming on tonight. What <laughs> a, within 10 miles of your house where you live, how many Catholic churches would you say there are? Um, so I can, I'm comfortable saying I'm in the Diocese of Grand Rapids. That's on my social media. Um, we have multiple cathedrals downtown. Uh, one within five minutes from, uh, there's a church within five minutes from me. There's another one probably 10 minutes from me. And then, yeah, at three or four downtown that I kind of bounce around to regularly. But um, my local church is where I'm at the most often. I, it, it was kind of that thing where it's like, I feel like I took on my grandma somehow. I was like, oh, I love going to week masses, daily mass now. It's like, it's so, for the longest time, it was like the only place I felt peaceful. I was like, I don't even want to go home because here is just, can I live here, please? <laughs> it's like... It's just, it's a, it was a complete 180. That was like my thing. I was like, I feel like I wasn't ever living some terrible, awful life, but I really just, it was like this lightning moment that was like, this stuff is so cool. And I want to learn everything I can about it. And I want to read the whole catechism and I want to do all the Bible studies I can. Cause now it's just like fascinating to me. And I'm that type of person anyway, if I'm, if something catches my attention, mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to know everything about it. So um, I, the way I come across you is I was on Instagram and you had, a um, you were about to crank out a rosary or something. I saw you <laughs> on, on the thing and here you are. And I said, oh, no, I gotta, I gotta uh, invite her on the show. Anytime I see somebody, cause I'd never seen you ever heard of you. Yeah. Seen you and you just show up, you know, swinging one of these around. <laughs> on this and, Your um, weapon. So how often do you pray the rosary? Um, you know, I, that was one of those things I remember from childhood. We had a rosary group that would meet at my house on Mondays when I was a kid. And it was like the most boring thing that ever existed in my life at that time, you know? Um, and then even since going back to church, it was like, I would try to do one here or there. Uh, but it's probably been, I don't know, over the last solid six months or so I was trying to do at least once a day and then for Lent I was like all right especially Lent this year it was like it takes me it takes me 25 minutes if I'm doing a good solid one with scripture in between but it's like 20 minutes like why can I not do 20 minutes a day why can't I do 60 minutes a day like why can't I say a rosary in the morning and a rosary at night so that's what for Lent this year it's I've been really the last few weeks really good about a morning and night and then if I'm have time in between I try to just like why not I'm doing laundry I'm gonna say a rosary because I'm either gonna sit here doing that or I'm gonna be watching something stupid on tv you know well I noticed one day you were on there teaching the bible you're having a live bible study yes I think you were in uh first or second corinthians and you were talking about the uh, the background of the church there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've been uh, I did I I did some Bible studies on my own when I first started 
getting back into the church just as it was like that's always that catholic thing that's like the catholic stereotype is like every other denomination of christians can name you every book of the bible even you know some of the missing ones out of their bibles (laughs) but i'm like we do we read the bible i mean i guess we do right at mass kind of uh, so I, I was like, I need to know, I want to know what I'm talking about so that when people, because as a kid, I never knew either that there was like this contention between the different churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids go to a Christian school, but it's not a Catholic school. So even my daughter last year was like, somebody was telling me that Catholics, this and that. And like, so I wanted to have a reason to back up what I was saying. Um, and I got into actually I have some of those. <laughs> my pile of books goes everywhere, but um I love, I got into uh, the Bible in a year with Father Mike. I love his stuff. And then Jeff Cavins. Oh, to me, I can't, I just can't have him because he talks so slow. I just fall asleep. I, I mean, just, you got to put it on that 1.5 speed and then. <laughs> that was a, 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 that was a joke about how fast he talks. He's like, I, slow him down. You know? I mean, it yeah. Depending on how much time you have that day. But I, I like his, I. The other one, I've been studying Acts this year, and I'd never read through Acts. So it was like, so like I said, even the other day, it was silly stuff, like stuff that I just didn't even think about. It's like they have this whole list of cities, um, Ephesus and Corinth and whatever. But for some reason in my brain, I never went, oh, the letters to the Corinthians were to the people living in this city, (laughs) or the letters to the Ephesians are these people living in this city. So I've been going through all of the, I mean, I wish they would sponsor me, but I've been going through all of the Ascension stuff because Jeff Cavins too is like, just explains things so well. And I'm like, I would need to go study ancient Hebrew and Greek and move to the Holy Land because I want to know everything now, you know? You know, a lot of people, uh, hey, hey, Hope, um, Hope and Eric's with us. Eric's my partner and Hope lives in New Jersey. You know, where the real Jaws shark attack happened that's where she lives and uh rainy laney from louisiana said hi a minute ago julius was asking about getting kids baptized now mm-hmm. in the catholic you know in the catholic faith you got to be baptized to go to heaven yeah All right and so when a baby's born we believe the baby's born with original sin yeah and sin can be removed by baptism water baptism it's all over the bible even though people yep. do not, it's right there in the Bible. So it's very important to get that baby baptized yep. uh, so that if something happens, you know, they go to be with the Lord, right? So mm-hmm. um, my, I think both my grandkids were baptized like within uh, seven or eight days. I think one of them longer than the other. And I was like holding my breath in, <laughs> until they baptized. And uh, a lot of people don't know that in, in the case of a... Uh, uh, emergency and there's no priest around you know you, you have the the power to do it yourself even atheist can do it it's, if it's in the name Father, Son, and holy spirit with water yep you, you can baptize that baby and uh hey Haley, i hope Haley's baby uh i don't want to say popped out i get in trouble for saying that Haley was about <laughs> to last time we we're on here but uh, Eric there said so he likes hearing about your return to the Lord. It's, I can see the excitement. I, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like, I feel like once you get it, you get it. It was like this lightning thing that was like, 
All right. Now I want to shake the people around me and like, just get it. Understand what I'm and the way. So baby baptism, I always understood as far as, you know, it was kind of explained to me was like, if I didn't baptize my kids, they weren't necessarily, they weren't necessarily the ones in trouble. It was going to be me because I knew better, especially growing up Catholic, you know, it was like, it'll be on me and I'm going to be the one that gets judged. And Jesus is going to ask me someday, what the heck were you thinking, dude? Cause you know better. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, um, I know it's a, I've had debates with people about that where it's like, well, they have to be old enough to choose for themselves. And what I think is cool about Catholics and what we, what I actually just learned recently again, because of like, I don't know if it was bad catechesis when I was a kid or what it was, but it was like, baptism starts it because it's not fair for that baby to be stuck with that original sin if you can help it but we do get a choice and that's confirmation we get it's confirmation completes catholic baptism because that's when you get to be an adult and choose and either way you're still baptized which is not against the bible like they talk about that in acts whole families being baptized from the father to the children so it's not unbiblical like people like to say as notice, they don't do the same thing about their kids going to school to get indoctrinated by the world. Yeah. You, know, they, you know, they don't say, I'm going to ask my, you know, my four-year-old, my six-year-old is too young to decide whether or not they want to go to school. Right. I tell my little students, you know, I do K through fifth grade, usually kindergarten, first, second grade. I tell a little butts, your butt's here and you have to be here from male <laughs> to male. Your butt has to be here. You have no choice. Yep. So you better have fun and learn what you can inside these walls. Because the more you, the harder you work inside these walls, the more money you're going to have out there. The better off. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> We're not giving those kids a choice. No. With their education or their health. We don't tell our kids, um, you know, it's just a, the stupid, ignorant thinking people have. Um, you make your kids brush their teeth. Right. Uh, make them wear a seatbelt. You know, you make them say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You make them eat. You make yeah. them, you know, you make them come in at a certain time. Uh, that That's just a lame, uh, just an absolute lame excuse. And I think it's always silly to me when people want to say, you know, I'm going to let my kids choose their own religion. But if you don't introduce them to any of them, then they're never going to go off on their own and choose one. I mean, not never, but like, if you don't have, it's not indoctrination. They indoctrinate you in public school. Like, If you don't teach your kids anything, they're not going to choose that for themselves eventually. And that was my, like, even, I'm like, the best, the best Catholic I know is my grandma who was like, we're going to sit down, we're going to do this with all of her grandchildren. You're going to pray the rosary with me, whether you want to or not. And then when you grow up and you're an adult, do whatever you want. But like, right now we're doing this and that's. What's your grandmother's name? Jane. Jane. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to pray, pray and dedicate this show to her because I know she prayed prayed you into the spot you're in right now. Uh, I'm I glad you like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Paid yeah. off with your um. Was was that your mom's mom or your dad's mom? My dad's mom. See, look look at that legacy there. It's church starts at home. People get mad at the church for not taking care of the kids church starts at home mm-hmm. well and that's um the the catechism talks about that the catechism of the catholic church which is, is another thing that i'm like just dove into with no looking back it's fascinating to me because it's like 
not everybody else has that just laid out. Like you can go to all these different churches because it's like, as soon as somebody decides, I don't agree with that, you're going to break off and start your own church. But with this church, it's like, here it is. Everything you want to know is in it. This is what we believe. And if I'm speaking it in English or Spanish or French or German or Polish, we all believe the same thing because here it is. And it's like in there, that's it. That's one of the main things. It's like, you can, you can't expect the church to be the ones drawing us in and keeping us in. It has mm -hmm. to be at home. You know, when it, I think this, when it comes to your soul, your eternal soul and where you end up when this life is over, it's best to uh, pay attention and to find out instead yes. of just assuming, you know, <laughs> you know, I know, and I'm not, I'm not bringing you, I'm not including you or your daughter, but it amazes me how many people that are Christians that are preach, preach, preach about Jesus, and they've never read the Bible through mm -hmm. the thing. Or Catholics that have not read the catechism. It's something that I found about a year ago. Have you ever heard of the Penny Catechism? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I'll send it to you tonight. I'll text it to you, but it's real neat because, you know, there's like seven or eight different catechisms. Yeah. And one was written in the UK, I think, like a million years ago. But it was written for school kids. Oh, okay. And it only takes, it literally takes about two hours to go from To read through the whole thing. It's 300 and something bullet statements. And I put it on the stereo and, and sleep to it sometimes. Oh, cool. Okay. You have to wake up and pee, and you're hearing all this conversation. <laughs> Just like getting yeah. it in your brain, the subconscious. I did that. I did that for a long time with um, Hello, the app, the yeah. the Catholic app. There was like, I think, I, not uh, not as much now, but it was like maybe the first year that I was back in the church. It was like I I couldn't sleep unless I was. I was like, I'm just gonna queue up everything I can find that interests me and listen to it on repeat all night long. So now, when when did all this? Uh, I'm going to use a Pentecost, I mean, a Protestant word, revival, all this revival stuff. When you say it started during, during COVID? Um, for me, it was, no, I mean, I had, I kind of like, I feel like I had this draw to want to go back. Um, I was seeing somebody then that was like, why would you do that? Like, even back then it was like, I, you know, I was still collecting crystals and thinking they needed to go outside in the moonlight like just not it was like more new agey stuff that I was like experimenting with mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that was because something was missing um and then it was like that was 2020-ish um we moved into this new house we were here for a couple years and it was like just a lot of a lot of things in our life started unraveling um my the relationship I was in got real rocky. <laughs> um, like I said, there was a, my, we had two grandparents pass that year. This was 2022. We had two grandparents pass. And then, um, uh, the miscarriage that I had. And that was like the final straw where it was like, boom, 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 like back to back. It was like January, February, March, April, May, June, July. By August, I was like, I get it. I need to go back. To, there's nowhere else for me to go. It was like, I wrote it all out in a timeline once and sent it to my mom. And she was like, Oh, yeah, that's been a bad year for you. Yeah. 
I've had a couple bad years like that myself. Do you ever go to adoration? Um, yeah, we, we have a solemn holy hour once a week on Thursdays. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, it used to be right before Thursday or right after Thursday mass, um, morning mass. And then they do it for an hour immediately afterwards. And now it's at noon. So I don't always make it, but it is, it's, yeah. If I, if I can't make it to a holy hour, I try to just go sit in a chapel. Um, usually I do the school drop off for the kids. And then if there's not a morning mass right after drop off, I'll just go sit in a chapel for half an well, hour or so. Cause it's a good, it's a good time to get in a rosary too. A lot of people watch this even years from now. They don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so uh, can you kind of back up a little bit and it's my fault. I brought it up, but what, what exactly is adoration? I actually have, let me grab this here. I have this necklace I wear with a monstrance on it. Hey, definitely um, a 25. Sorry. Uh, oh, this is a high. Yeah. I was on there. <laughs> That's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Let me see that. Your comments. That in the camera. The, was, yeah. So you wear it? I wear it sometimes. It's from, um, there is a, uh, I don't know which sisters there are. My, my, my grandma had like 12 of them. So when she passed, I grabbed one for myself, one for my daughter. Um, that's, I have another, the cross on right now. I love, cause on the back it says, I'm a Catholic, call a priest. Oh, like yeah. if I, something is happening, I want you to call a priest, not a doctor, please. But, um, so adoration, yeah, we, I actually, I teach seventh grade Sunday school now and, uh, most, most, yeah, most of my kids had never been to adoration. So we got to set up this thing, uh, a special time just for all, just for the kids and I to go in the chapel and pull out the monstrance. And I've heard, I've read these things where it's like, if you want someone to, to get it, don't bring them to mass. Cause they're going to go, you guys are a bunch of cults cultists standing up and sitting down and kneeling and standing up and sitting down, take them to adoration and just let them sit there and experience that presence, the presence of the, of Jesus inside that monstrance and just sit and listen. Like you don't even have to sit and pray, just sit and listen. And it's like, that's, there's so many people that have had just these awesome moments just where it's like, okay, I get it now. Is that your brother knocking on the door? I'm glad you said that about not having to pray and just listen. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this chick on Instagram, uh, Caritas, Catholic Caritas, or yeah. Catholic. Uh, looks like Cindy Crawford has her eyebrows yeah. brushed up. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> you know who she is? Uh, yeah. Maria Manzini. She, uh, I, she was one of my first guests on, when I started doing this last year. Not mm -hmm. last January, but a year ago, she was a guest like three times. We have like two and a half hour shows. Oh, wow. And that's what she talked about so much is going to adoration. Mm -hmm. You can find, you can bring them up. Hey, dude. Say hi. hi. What's up? What's your hi. name? Ezra. Ezra. Andra? Ezra, like the, Ed uh, like the prophet. Oh, okay. Edra. Nice to meet you, Edra. I'm John. Hi, John. Hey, I don't mind if kids are on there. Oh. We keep joking. I keep joking. If there's going to be a priest in the family, it might be that one eventually. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but adoration, I didn't really get it now. 
because I, I never went. I had been to an adoration, a mass where they bring the host, Jesus and the host, and, you know, the starburst thing. And mm -hmm. I went, the priest was wearing all black and silver, I think. Like, I mean, it looked like something out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And they had all the smoke bombs going. I oh, yeah. Thought I've only been to one in my life. Okay. And, but uh, it's, but I, I had to hear it uh, over and over what adoration was for it clicked. And that girl, Maria uh, Manzetti, with the eyebrows, <laughs> she, you know, she talked to me like four hours and two weeks about it. And I just, I finally got it. Uh, explained what she explained is you just go in there and sit on your butt or get on your knees and do nothing. Yeah. You're not in there to pray or you sit there and you adore the Lord in the tabernacle and just listen to him. So is that yeah. the way you mostly or do you? Yeah. Turn? Yeah. It's just like you just soak in that presence. And I've been to some where there's, you know, they'll, they'll read verses or like for special events. I think it's a little bit different, but uh, this last week when I went on Thursday, they just had it in the main church and it was like, you do whatever's comfortable for you, I guess. But I had listened to father Mike talk on a podcast about um, he was telling this story about someone in prison um, or two men in prison. And one of them was just about to get out. And the other one was like this hardened criminal that was going to be in there for life or something. And he was like, how are you still maintaining this, like this joy and this happiness? Like, what do you, I want what you have. And, um, like the prison, the chaplain had told him, just go sit there, just go sit in front of, sit in the chapel in front of Jesus every day and just beg him to reveal himself to you. That's it. Don't listen to anything. Don't say anything else. Don't wear, don't play any music in your ears. Um, and I was like, well, I can do that. It was my first, my first advent back. I was like, I don't have anything else I'm doing with my life right now. I'm going to go home and be sad or I'm going to go sit in the chapel. So I'm going to drop off the kids every day and I'm going to go sit in the chapel. I remember like all of that advent was like, I'm just going to sit here until something happens. And it wasn't anything that I, I don't think anybody else would have noticed, but I got in there one day and it was like, oh, this is it. Like, um, it sounds like a silly story to tell now, but I had to take pictures. It, it blew my mind. I, I would go in there every day wearing my boots because we live in Michigan in the winter. It's like snowy and icy and salty and disgusting. Um, and drop off the kids, go in, walk into the church. And I always had it in, in the chapel. I had my own spot that I went to every day. I was always in there alone. So it was like, I was like, I'm not going to sit in these chairs back here. I'm going to kneel as close to the altar as I can without being on it. Um, cause I was like, I'm not, I can't get up there and like hug the tabernacle like I want to, but I'm going to get as close as I can. And then it, it was like almost all of, I think it was almost all of that advent. It was right up before Christmas. I walked in one day and it was like, it was so weird. I saw, um, footprints because we get, we get footprints from the salt that are stuck to our shoes when we're up here in the blizzards. But it was like, I took a picture of it and it's still like, I could send it to you maybe if I could find it, but it was like, it was feet. It wasn't like my boot prints. It wasn't like my, you know, my slides. It was toes and arches and heels. Like it was footprints all the way up to where I sat every day. 
Oh, and, and it wasn't to a chair. It was like to that same corner of the altar where I would just sit at and cry my eyes out. And it was like, that for me was like, that's it. All right. I'm here forever for the rest of my life. Like it was so, it was, and it was like something I knew was only meant for me. Cause you know, who, who's in the chapel walking around barefoot, you know, to that spot. Like it was really, it was strange, but it was what I needed to kind of like kick me in the butt. Um, and that wasn't even during actual, in actual adoration. But after that, I was like, well, there's no reason for me not to go to all the adorations that they offer either, because that was just sitting in front of the tabernacle. Like, what if he's actually out here in front of my face? You know? Well, you know, uh, Catholics believe Jesus is present there in that tabernacle, just like you are sitting in that chair. Oh, yeah. Michigan. And um, I forgot something. Just listening to you, um, I really did go to adoration every day for years, but I wasn't going to adoration. I know that make, doesn't make any sense, but I worked at EWTN. Oh, yeah. They show it live. Well, at the at nighttime, that chapel that's on TV, everyone says is haunted as hell. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I worked there. And part of my job was to unlock that chapel on EWTN early. I think it was at 4.50 a.m. Okay. 4.50 a.m. so that the friars could come over and get ready for the TV mass that comes on at 6. Okay. 11 million people a day watch that. It's a live mass. So um, we had to turn the lights on because they turned lights out. You know, I think it was 10 o'clock at night till 4.45. And a lot of the guys didn't want to do that. They didn't want to go in there and sit in the dark. Now, the reason I went early is I didn't want to be late. I didn't want to forget. And I was always scared I'm going to get busy doing something, forget to unlock the chapel, get rolled up, you know, chewed out, suspended. All that right. I would really, I would go in there around, uh, typically around 5.15 in the morning and it's dark in there and I would sit there by myself in pitch black dark. All you can see is that red, the candle, the, the light red, and yeah. the light. And you wouldn't believe how giant the shadows, the flickering gets from the <laughs> candle and the images they make and, and stuff. It's scary. And, I, uh, yeah. and you would hear stuff. I would hear all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And one time I was sitting there and I was mad. I was real upset. You know who Mother Angelica is, don't you? Have you ever oh, heard? Yeah. Of her? yeah. Her My grandma place. used to, I, that was, EWTN is on all the time. Okay. Well, that's her place. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there by myself, pitch black dark, and I'm upset just sitting in front of the tabernacle. Really, I'm at adoration, but I don't really know I'm at adoration because I'm at work. I'm not trying to adore I'm sitting there mad as F. You know what I mean? I'm upset. Yeah. And, and I did. I started praying and I was um, just despondent. I was in despair and I was talking to God and I heard a female in front of me go <sighs> just like that. Okay. Sigh. okay. A, a, like a frustrated, just a, <sighs> like that. Do you know how quick my butt went from, sitting in the sitting position to outside that that chapel <laughs> about a quarter of a second it scared 
hoop out of me. Because <laughs> I knew I was alone there, and I heard an old woman sign. Yeah. I finally snuck back in there and, and unlocked it and flipped the lights on and got back out again. But that's terrorized me. Well, I shared that with someone that knew her very well. And so every time Mother Angelica would get upset, she would make that sound. She'd go, <sighs> Like that that right. spicy nun was frustrated with you being in there upset. <laughs> I was upset too. I, I believe all my heart. She was there with me. Communion of the saints. Yeah. And, uh, I had a, a few experiences like that working at night at EW10. But I just remembered that. Hey, Lulu. I just <laughs> remembered that because I've been telling everybody I never go to adoration. I went for all the years at EW10. So yeah. you know, Thursday you said something called holy hour. Yeah, we have um like happy hour. Yeah, happy hour without the drinks. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that. What's the deal? Um, they've been offering it at my church. Uh, actually, when I first started going to the parish that I'm at, um, I think I went for two weeks, two Sundays in a row, and then the pastor, the priest that they had previously had, uh, was transferred. So it was like the same time I came, our brand new priest came, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure since he got there, since he's been there, they've been offering a holy hour at least once a week, which has just been nice, um, where they'll pull out the the monstrance. And if it's on Thursday, uh, sometimes it's in the chapel that we have off to the side, and sometimes it's in the main church. But I know during Advent and Lent, they there's a little bit more to it. Um, they'll do a scriptural rosary during holy hour, or they'll do... Um, some kind of psalms that they read, but there's other times where you can just where you can just sit and kind of soak it in. Here's what I'm getting out of you, okay? I'm I'm taking everything you're saying. You're doing all the right things, more than one thing. You did all you're doing all the right things to stay in shape spiritually, to stay mm -hmm. spiritually fit, to get stronger spiritually. And I'm thinking about people that uh maybe they're terrible out of shape. Maybe they're overweight. Maybe they have all these bad habits. Their body's going to, you know, they're going to crap. And all of a sudden, the, the first big step is to repent of that lifestyle and maybe join the gym. Sure. Walking. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you start doing some push-ups. And then you start doing some uh, weights and maybe some Zumba. And before you know it, you're you're one of those people in front of the uh, widescreen doing all the boot camp stuff. And yeah. You're all, but you know. Um, it with sucks you in. You get that kind of like yeah. fire for it. Yeah. I just see it. And, you know, what I'm hoping for you, because, you know, you're pretty, pretty young. I'm hoping that all these things that you're doing, that you'll keep doing them. Because uh, it's just like working out. The day I quit lifting. The day I quit doing cardio, the day I quit trying to eat right, mm -hmm. I lay on the couch instead of going to the gym. It don't take but a couple of weeks. Yeah, it yeah, don't slide. And then the beautiful thing is, it's I'm very I'm bad at beating myself up. It was like the last time I went to confession, I sat down and I was like, I messed up, and he was like. Stop. <laughs> it was like I know who I know how you are, and I know you're gonna be so hard on yourself about this. And it's like the beautiful thing is, even if you do slide, you just have to get to that spot where you're like, all right, that's enough. I'm not sliding anymore. You know, it's like if something's 
if you're feeling the urge to pray, but something's stopping you from praying, you're supposed to do it anyway, because that's not coming from God. That's stopping you. There's a reason something's stopping you from doing what you know you should be doing, you know? Well, and your kids are all on board with you going to adoration and teaching. Um, well, they don't, they're, so they're usually in school during adoration time, but they do know that I go, I go to my weekday masses. Um, I lecture at church. And then when I told them I was thinking about doing Sunday school, I, my younger one, Ezra loves it anyway. He, he's, uh, was very excited to be at church. He's so good at like praise and worship at school. And he's a second grader, like I said, so he's getting first communion this year. So it's very exciting for him. Um, but when I decided to teach, I was like, I'll try to teach my daughter's class so that maybe it's not a fight to get her to want to go just because it's like we're both there together. I didn't realize teaching a bunch of 13 year olds would be <laughs> would be as interesting as it has been so far, just because they're at that point where it's like unless they're into it, they're not into it at all. Like 13 year old yeah. boys, I just want to like <laughs> knock some of their heads together sometimes. But they also know it's like my two know why it's important and why why it's like we're not going to go out and tell all these other groups of Christians that they're you're wrong, but this is why we choose to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. So, so there's just it's like that fullness is was important to me. I'm uh, you know you're talking I'm listening, and I know a lot of Catholics get frustrated you know, trying to drag a 13, 14, 17-year-old kid to mass because it's boring, you know, is what the kids are saying. Then they go to this church down here and they got hip-hop and strobe yep. light yep. and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, uh, um, I, and I, I was a little bit different because I grew up, you know, the churches I went, we had all the hip-hop and the strobe lights and the fog machines and you know the the circus act because it we had to use entertainment we to had keep to, them there yeah we had to entertain the kids and they called my church the gimmick church because they're always thinking of a way to get kids in there because we used entertainment and pop culture to bring the kids in and um it's really it's um it's just a hard group to reach yeah or, yeah and and I'm I'm just you know I don't know what to do about it. You know, we had that conversation. Uh, so when I go on Friday to Friday mass, the daily masses, it's like, um, it's kind of cool because Father Fong he'll he'll ask us questions and kind of get feedback from the congregation just because it's like me and the twelve other old ladies that are there, <laughs> but. It's like, so whose job is it to get Catholics to come back? Is it my job or is it all of our job? Okay, it's all of our job. Like, I, we know what you want us to say. It's all of our job. I said, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest things for me was explaining to my kids, you have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God asks you for one. Like, what else could you do with your 24 hours on a Sunday? You're going to, you can't go sit in church for one hour and we don't do it's like if we go to some other youth group where they're having fun time youth group, that's great. That's youth group. That's your Bible study for the week. Fun time youth group. But like the way we worship is the way he asked us to worship him. And it's an hour. You can give me an hour of being good kids. <laughs> like that's all. It's an hour. Deal with it. And then um, 
at that mass, I actually had told my priest when I first came back to the church and realized as an adult, people are like, whoa, we don't like Catholics. When I first started talking about it online again, um, so my page got big from doing hair. Like I used to do hair on the internet and I would have short hair and like rainbow colors. And now I'm like, I'm ashamed I ever had blue hair once. (laughs) It's kind of a joke, but like my page blew up doing hair. Mine's like blue hair gray. What's wrong with that? I'm starting to get some in the front there. It's turning white. <laughs> but don't turn um, loose. Okay, go ahead. I was gonna say, so yeah, like I was I was afraid at first to actually say the word Catholic. I was like, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to say that I'm a Catholic because it's the one it's the one church that ruffles all the feathers. In exactly. The- and that's and why? Because we're going to believe fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. But if it's news about the Catholic Church, it's true. Right. Okay, Rebecca, you know, like whatever. But um, so I was like, I, you know, I finally realized, no, if I'm going to be in, I need to be all the way in. I don't want to be a lukewarm person saying I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, but I'm not going to say Catholic. Like, I don't want to upset anybody. And it was that same day that we had that talk at church. I got home and I had a friend message me on Instagram that I had gone to high school with who was like, I was agnostic. I knew your family was Catholic when we were growing up, but like, I always thought you guys were real weird. And now I want to tell you, keep doing it. Like keep saying the word Catholic and keep being proud about it because now I'm married and go to Latin mass and we have 25 altar boys and I just, I get it. So it's like, if you're not going to be bold enough to be the person standing up and saying there is a difference between Christianity and Catholicism and this is why I'm Catholic, then you're going to be that person that ends up falling away. But if you're the person bold enough to go out there and say things like that, people are going to have questions for you and it might draw them back in. Well, uh, I'm glad that God blew up your Instagram page through hair. Um, (laughs) She's a hospice hospice nurse, but she worked at Paul Mitchell and taught there and cut hair in Vegas and all that stuff. Uh, But that was before social media. But social media is so powerful, especially your age group. You know, mm-hmm. Instagram, uh, people like you that are of influence, you know, you know how to do hair and all that. And to get on there, and even if it's just a little bit here and there proclaiming your Catholic faith, it does carry a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And I was really worried about your generation and the younger generation until I started getting on Instagram and realizing there are so many younger people. Uh, that are teaching the Catholic faith. Yeah, only- and not only teaching it, but like, there's so many that are, I, there's like three girls at my church that veil that are in co- like college age, which I think is great. I don't just because I, you know, I just, I don't feel like I need to, but I do, you know, I lecture instead or whatever. But there's like, it's almost like this group of people that are coming back, this revival that's coming back is so much bigger and more bold than even the generations before us. They want traditional and they want more out of life than what we, than what we've had before. You're right. My son has a question for you. If you can read. If I can read. I don't, wait, what? I know you can read. I mean, if you can see it. <laughs> it's Dad. a little on my phone. Dad, ask her if she would be willing to give someone a tonsure. What is it? No. Do you know those hairdos that, that like Martin Luther and them wore back in the medieval ages where they would shave 
Oh, yeah. Off their head and leave this on. I mean, if you really want to walk around looking like that, I'm sure we could pull it off. But he, I don't know. He wants to start doing it for Lent. Can you believe it? I mean, that's a penance to walk around like a, <laughs> like a freaking monk in 1250 AD. You know? Yeah. Hey, if that's if that's what you've got to do, that's what you've got to do. <laughs> Let's do it. If he came up he there, on the next live could be shaving heads. <laughs> if he come up there to uh, Michigan, would you give him one of those hairdos? Sure, <laughs> we'll have at it. Can we get Instagram live? Yeah. Shave his head. You know, I can straight razor shave even. I used to barber. So yeah. oh, I'm we'll get all the way down to skin. Well, Olivia, it's been fun having you on. And I'm very impressed with your kids being there with you. And they're quiet. Well, I, I like to have you. I want to have a kids day where I interview kids. I got oh, a bunch, yeah. bunch of kids that want to share their faith and all. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm glad the Lord drew you. It's kind of like the mafia. I don't know if you ever watched The Sopranos. Yeah, I've seen The Sopranos. Every time I try to get out, y'all suck me back in. So I'm glad that your grandmother, no, she passed, and then you started going back. Yep. Well, and that's what we, so that was one of my things. I was like, now that, not only her, but now that I have a child, too, that we all need to get back together as a family with it's like now it's like my grandma's up there um our youngest is up there we named her miriam and it's like now we don't have a choice <laughs> I'm like yeah. you guys are with me whether i want whether you want to be or not because this yeah. i'm not going to have us all separated forever well i'm, I'm glad you get uh, i'm glad you're starting at home with your kids as for the prophet right yes yeah. and Giselle. and i'm going <laughs> That on okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skedaddle here, but I'll be praying for y'all. Thank, thank you for coming on, and um, I'll send you. A, what was that? I said I was gonna send you. Oh, I'm gonna send you that catechism. Oh yeah, for sure. A little bitty one. Your kids will love it. I promise. <laughs> they'll put. They'll knock them out if they can't sleep. I promise. It, they. They would fall asleep real quick. Listen. We'll <laughs> just read it out loud. Please do it. Yeah. Please do it. Do what? He said, please do it. Send him a reason to fall asleep. Yeah, I, I got to check that out too. I'm, okay. I'm, I love that stuff. So Keep doing what you're doing, Olivia. You're, you're, you're doing everything right. And we'll be praying for you, okay? Thank you. We will too. We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>